Today's episode is brought to you by Banzoogle, where you can build a stunning DJ website in minutes. With a few simple clicks, you can enhance your online presence with a great website behind your own .com domain for your mixes, music, and more. Visit bandzoogle.com and use the coupon code PASSION to receive 15% off your new website. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. With me to my right is the one and only Mr. Trip Turlington. What's up? Across from me is Mr. Mighty Modingo. What up, y'all? And unfortunately, Tony couldn't be with us today because he's not he's feeling a little under the weather, but we have an awesome, amazing guest co-host today. And let me see if I get it right, because you might correct me on this. Firecat 451 or that's 451? Proper. Yeah, that's 451. Yes. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having Firecat. me. Firecat. It's been it's been a long time coming, I think. So. Thank you, man. Yeah, I've been listening for a while and I was like, I really, I really want to be in that room. Because that's a that's a wild <laughs> room. Yeah. Once you start once you start listening to the podcast, it's kinda like a Netflix. You could binge yourself and then you're just like <laughs> I want to be in the room now. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, man. We've we've been talking about having you on for a long time. Yeah. So thank absolutely. you, man. Yeah, we're thank glad you. to have you. So, you. could you just kind of introduce yourself to our audience? I mean, who is Firecat? Oh, that's a crazy question. That's, yeah, you're, you've uh, got a lot of facets to approach this from. I think. So. Well, uh, it's a DJ and it's an MC. It's um, mm. you know that's 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 who I am. What I am. Um, I'm not gonna you know stick the producer credit in there because that's just. It's too much title. I DJ and I MC, and people who know me know that I produce. Um, so shameless plug. Yeah. We've actually got a release out on Bass Industry Records together. So that's, that's right. Correct. Yeah. That's well, absolutely let's right. Let's link Make that sure up on the show. Notes. There it is, right there yeah. on the wall. Yep, right up here on the wall. <laughs> and and just in case anybody's asking, yes, it is from Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. Mm -hmm. Is where the name. Of, so now you'll have the official story. I was reading that book. Um, I don't know. I've reread it quite a few times. But um, when I first did a DJ gig, I was DJing as my real name. And um, I, it went okay. And uh, I overheard people talking about me when I was breaking down and putting my records away. And they were like, who is that cat that just played? He was on fire. And in my head, it was kind of juxtaposed. And I heard, who is Firecat? And I was like, okay. And it just kind of clicked in there. Nice. And if you know anything about the book... Um, the firemen there, they don't put out fires, they start fires. Because mm -hmm. uh, you're not allowed to have books, so they go around and they catch you with books. They burn the book. And if you got too many books, they might burn you and everything you got mm -hmm. with those books. Oh, wow. So it was just, it's a dystopian future. Oh, you haven't read that? No. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's movie. really, yes, yeah. yeah. It was made into a movie. It was kind of, eh. The movie was whack. Yeah, the yeah. movie was whack. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't knock it officially, but. No, nah, it was whack. I'll anyway. Put, I'll put my stamp on it. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, somebody out here telling the truth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, 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 you know, the hero is a fireman who gets slipped the book, starts reading, and now 
you know, is is basically he's, joining the revolution. He's woke. Yeah, he, he right. He's yeah. he becomes woke. He discovers these group of people live out in the woods, and they are all living books. They're spreading the message. So all of that, you know, was going on in my head when I heard this name, and that's how it became Firecat. That's Four awesome. five one. That's that's, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Uh, how would you describe your sound? Oh man, uh, it's in my bio. <laughs> no, I would say because I like to freestyle. I don't. I don't. Anybody who knows me, I I do not write. Um, there are times when I do, but I like to freestyle because you immediately draw from your environment. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I started emceeing using that style. Um, and then occasionally, of course, you come up with hooks and you come up with phrases that you know that are like part of your ammunition. Right. And mm -hmm. then I wanted to because I saw a lot of MCs who would. Literally not knowing to put the mic down. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, bro, I love the sound, but you got to shut up for a minute. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't even hear the song. So I wanted to make sure that I never, ever, ever did that. Right. Like, there are times where I get really interactive and a little vociferous, but I try not to be a mic hog because people are there to see the DJ and hear the music. I'm sure we could probably spend a whole episode talking about that sometime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say that that's that's been one thing about you uh, after all of these years that uh, I've always appreciated. And one of the number one things that I've uh, one of the number one compliments that I've heard uh, spoken about you is that you do know when to shut up. Like Same. you not only mm -hmm. know how to rock it and you know how to how to grace that mic and you know how to control a crowd, but you know when it's time to the time to turn it off and let the song and let the DJ, you know, have the floor. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's one skill that you definitely have mastered that a lot of other people have not. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you actually disclose that because that one mix I listened to both of you, I think, Trip, you said it was a New Year's Eve party or something? Uh, I found it on SoundCloud. No, 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 that was when I played Fresh List. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep, yep. Yeah, and then you guys were doing a tag set, and that's yeah. one thing I did notice. I was like, damn, he's like, he's, he's, he's like... He's like this mythical creature that comes out of the the the, 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 the yeah. fog. He comes and he drops some lines and then he floats back out. Yeah, I, no, I, try to, was, yeah. I try to sound like I'm part of the song or part right, of the record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, try, I don't try to just like, like uh, you know, some MCs that come in, the mic is hot and they're swallowing it. And it's just like, it's way actually too loud. Yeah. Right. Or you get timid MCs that mumble and that you can't hear you can't hear them. So I try to like fit in nested right with the track. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know. we should probably clarify for our audience too, because the word MC can mean a whole number of things. Uh, we have DJs of all different types, you know, wedding DJs, club DJs, right. all that okay. kind of stuff. In all so, of the world too. So yeah, everybody's so interpretation. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're playing like, uh, music-based shows, right? You're like, yeah, you're not, you're not emceeing a wedding in, in that sense necessarily. And, and right. In the manner to which, I was just referring, yes, right, it is right. as a uh, part MC of our performance. over a DJ. However, I have done the, the, the other as well. I've hosted award shows. I've hosted right. yep. uh, inter radio interviews uh, for Red Bull. And those mm. definitely are different. You know, you got to be on your feet a little bit, but you don't, there's no theatric to those. Yeah. There's well, no I want to make sure we clarify that because okay. they, I feel like those are separate skill absolutely, sets. I mean, absolutely. You, obviously, you're good behind a mic and, and, you know, have a good voice and all that kind of stuff, but they're, they're different types of performances. 100%. Yeah. 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 You know, like I can do a wedding and all that in sporting events, but there's absolutely no way I'm going to get on a stage and start 
you know, doing what you do. Like you, like I said, like I listened to that mix. Uh-uh. Nope, not happening. <laughs> Make them jump up. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one he's referring to is what I played with Mark down at uh, Freshless, Freshless for you yeah. guys. And and you you jumped on and then jumped out, jumped yeah. on and yeah. jumped out. And yeah. I mean, it, it, it was. When it flows a, really well together, you can do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah it, that was. That was a great That was a time. great, was a great gig. Mix. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was not a bad gig yeah. at all. But do you, do you stay kind of within the realm of like drum and bass or do you do you branch out more? Occasionally I'll do some DJ house song. MC. You house. know, it involves a, you get a little singing, but like as as is allowed in house, you don't have to like sing a whole song. You can just come up with little hook, hooks, mm-hmm. yeah. sing it in, and let them yeah. groove. So uh, that happens sometimes. But definitely my you know when I grab the mic, it's usually for a drum and bass feel. Sometimes the dubstep, dubstep feel. Dubstep, right? Yeah. yeah. But what about when you too. grab the decks? What do you? What's your go-to? Ah man, that's yeah. a big battle. It's yeah. a big battle. Lately, I've been leaning toward uh, drum and bass. Yeah. And it's something that's always been a part of me. So instead of yeah. coming up with an alter ego, I just put the two genres out there in mixes that have different names. Because yeah. I, I don't I don't want to change my name so that fans will see, oh, this is a, this is a, you know, drum and bass set. Oh, he's playing electro tonight? What is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just, I hope my fan base feels that I'm playing tracks that are good. Yeah, yeah. I think go. that's something a lot of us struggle with is like, it, it, is this something that's separate enough from my DJ personality or my producer personality or whatever to justify a new moniker or a new Facebook fan page or whatever? Right. It is right. To- right. I'm trying to put it all in the same in the same vehicle, because I think my fans are intelligent and appreciative enough of music that they can have yeah. multi genres under their belt, you know, and like and appreciate them if they're delivered well and and well chosen, you know. Yeah. I, I used to, I, I lean more and more towards that every day. I think like whatever I do, I'm just putting my name on it. It's easier to say what you can know. I'm not going to play. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to accidentally drop a trance set. I, I'm, just, I was, I'm, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> not knocking those trance dudes out there. I love Sunrise. Sure. You know? hey, are, you, are you coming back for pick three? Um, I think I will be back. Yeah, if you guys will have me, I'll come back for pick three. All right. Okay, we'll I'll, have to do that. I'll apologize in advance then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to walk into a trance ambush. It'll be crazy. Just horns and swells everywhere. And flanger. Don't forget that flanger. Man. <laughs> Super saws. With a- 128 measure buildup. Right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> The track was only nine minutes. That's kind of short. Right, man. right. I remember when they were 11. <laughs> what is this, November rain? <laughs> well, this episode, however, is about bad DJ gigs. Oh. And this is kind of a oh. fan favorite oh, yeah. um, from way back in episode 17 was yeah. the last time we did this. This so. is one of the first ones I ever listened to as a fan. I was going to yeah. say, back when I was just a wee listener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Absolutely. <laughs> This was one of the first like call in type of shows yeah, that yeah. we did, and matter uh, of fact, been, I, I did. I, I I sent one in. Yep. Yeah, yes, you yeah. did, and uh, Mr. Shifter as well. Yep. 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 Mr. Shifter. Mr. Shifter. <laughs> uh, so, I'm gonna go ahead and take a uh, an email submission we got from uh, DJ One Eleven. Oh Rob. yeah, Rob. What up? He says, I was hired to DJ a bodybuilding show in a super nice auditorium in Chicago with a capacity of about 400 to 700 people. I drove up from St. Louis, had everything I needed, with plenty of time to set up and sound check. Everything was great. I worked directly with the announcer. We did a long sound check with him walking around the auditorium to check my levels. We worked with the in-house staff and did a second check to make sure that the stage monitors were at a good level for a huge stage. Being a responsible DJ, I marked my pots, noted the levels, and was good to go. 
As the show started, the announcer walked down in front and sat at a table by the stage about two feet from the stage monitor. And that's when it all fell apart. About ten minutes in, the announcer started turning around, motioning for me to bring the level down. I brought it down a little, but that was not enough. As the show progressed, he got more and more frustrated, frantically waving at me, mouthing, Turn it down! I was reluctant, but potted it down a touch more. Since I was at the center of the auditorium, I could hear the sound and was totally unbalanced. I could hear that the sound was totally unbalanced. He was booming, and the music was way too low. But since the stage monitors were loud, he was getting the volume off of the air and actually started saying into the mic, if the DJ could turn the music down so that I can hear myself think, I'm getting a splitting headache. I brought it down. There was no music in the audience except a whisper coming from the stage monitors. Finally, someone from the audience actually got up and told him in his ear, there's no music in the audience. (laughs) The announcer says into the mic, I don't know what's going on with the DJ, but we need some music for our audience. (laughs) At that point, I'd had it. I walked down, pointed at the monitor, and asked him to please move away from the speaker so that we can all enjoy the show without him having a splitting headache. After the show, he came and made a half-hearted apology, but he was definitely one of those people who could never be wrong. Wow. (laughs) God, aren't those the worst? That's amazing. Any of you guys have any uh, particular stories you want to bring in? For I have a voicemail here, but I want to open up the floor. Trip, didn't you throw somebody out of a truck over a record or something? <laughs> 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 Far, this is, Far this, bringing up old shit right off the yeah, bat. This is the problem with bringing in old friends to the show. <laughs> right, say. We'll never learn. No, but I see. I didn't even know if it happened, but we got we got something <laughs> off of that, yeah. happened, didn't we? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now oh, that you yeah. mention it. Oh yeah, I've got bad gig stories for days. Like, all right, here's one. Um, uh, back in, I believe it was 2001, uh, it was a 420 party in, uh, in Columbus, Ohio on the OSU campus. Right. So somebody hits me up and they say, Hey, we're having this huge block party. Like, like we're talking multiple houses, multiple DJs, like just somewhere on campus, this entire like city block was going to be blocked off and everybody's going to be just partying like crazy. I remember when they did that in Cincinnati and Clifton. It used mm-hmm. to be off the uh, hook. Yeah, like yeah. down on Victor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, like, so I'm up in Columbus on this one, right? And, you know, somebody calls and they say, hey, you know, uh, you know, want you to play trance because that's what I was playing at the time, you know, and all. Okay, cool, you know. So I go up there and they, <laughs> these kids had done it right. Like, they got like lighting rigs and like all kinds of stuff going on, on like on the on their porch, right? So, like, I show up for this thing. All right, cool. And I start seeing a bunch of like other party kids, like, oh, yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? Okay, so cool. Like, we're, we're among friends here. So I go on, and next thing I know, I start seeing from down the street some uh, cop lights, right? And it's just one car. He's just trying to get through the trying to get through the crowd. Well, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you get a bunch of drunk uh, <laughs> college kids. Yeah. They jump up on top of the car and start kicking the lights, like no. you know, throwing throwing bottles at the car. Because that's what you do. Right, right, yeah. of course. And you were, this was trance, right? <laughs> sure you were playing trance? It should have been mellowing these kids out, right? right. So, like, uh, so all of a sudden, he just takes off. Like, he, he gets an opening, and then he takes off out of the neighborhood. I'm like, 
well, shit, I didn't know this is how OSU rolls, you know? <laughs> like, all right, cool. So I keep playing. Well, all of a sudden, like, people are starting to, like, come up on the yard that I'm playing in. And uh, this guy, he comes up, and, and he was kind of around the scene a lot. You know, he knew everybody, and he was trying to talk to me. And I'm like, I can't hear a word you're saying. Like, I'm in the middle of a mix. Hey, can, can we get, get up later? And he's like, okay. But he had a camcorder, and he's, like, standing there, and he's like, you know, taking video of me playing and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. And then all of a sudden, somebody bumps him. He bumps a, uh, a uh, monitor, and the monitor comes crashing down on the turntable. Oh. Right? Okay. So, oh, yeah, that's just strike one, guys. This is just strike the beginning. One. Strap this, in. Is, this is just the beginning of oh, the Oh, it night. hasn't gotten bad yet? Oh, no. So get that picked up. Was that your gear? No. Oh, okay. So thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, Spoilers, I know. Yeah, but. thankfully, the turntable was fine. The tone arm was fine. My record was fine. Like, everything was fine. You know, pick up everything, get everything back up. Okay, cool. So but, get but the, That should have been an indication. That, that things something. were about to go yeah. very, 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 very wrong. Um, so get, get the music started back up, right? And then, again, from my peripheral <laughs> down at the, the end of the street. Now it's not just one cop car. It's four. No, that's know. right. When you, assault the, when you assault the scout and let him go, yeah. surprise, come back with the whole yeah. squad. You either put him down or you run out. Right. Yeah. Well, so here's where it gets really crazy. So then like, oh. so it's four cars <laughs> now it's plus a couple of vans. And then all of a sudden you see like three lines of these guys in full on riot gear. Nice. So here they are, and they're you know they're coming from down there, and I'm like, and now keep in mind, I'd been out the military for a little bit, but not so long that I don't remember what tear gas smells like. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> so, you never forget it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So here, here they come, you know, marching two by two by four by four, whatever With it their is, but they're and in full riot, yeah, in full riot gear, right? Full riot gear, and shields, just, the whole nine yards. And just remember, he was playing trance. <laughs> I'm trying to mellow the party out, right? <laughs> Plur, everyone. Right, yeah. right. Next thing I know, I hear, and that's a very distinctive sound <laughs> right. that once you've heard it, you know exactly what it is. They shot a tear gas canister at me <laughs> to get me to stop the music, apparently, or something. But then, like, like roaches, everybody's running into into houses, like mm-hmm. and and just dispersing everywhere. But I look across the street, and I shit you not, there's like people up on roofs, like in their underwear, like swinging their shirts over their head, like Petey Pablo, right? Like this. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely insane, Jeez. this particular 420 in Columbus, Ohio. So, Holy moly. so I bolt into the house, and like everybody's like trying to shut the door, shut the windows, and I'm like, "Did you remember? You you remembered your training? Oh yeah, of course, yes. of course. Yeah, got the shirt off yep. over. Oh, yep. Yeah. So then I get inside, and there's this kid that that had come up with me, and I'm looking around for him, and I'm like, "Turtle, turtle." And he was like, what, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do?" And I'm like, "We're getting out of here." <laughs> He's all like. There's tear gas out there. I was like, stop being a pussy. Let's go. <laughs> Get the records. It's about to go down. Grab my crates. Let's go. <laughs> so I shit you not, like, there's kids that are trying to bar me from leaving because they don't want to open the door and let more of that gas in. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, fine. You know, just it, 
I'll take care of it. So, like, open up the door. I shove Turtle out the front door and then shut the door behind me. I pick up the gas canister and throw it back at them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. They, I'm sure yeah. they love that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So then me and Turtle bolt across the street and then down one of the side streets where I was parked. Well, we get in the car. And, like, he's choking out. Like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever breathed in CS gas. Try not to. I, I yeah, not. Right, yeah. Um, don't plan on it. What happens when you do yeah. is that your body goes into, like, this super irritated uh, mode where it starts overproducing all kinds of bodily fluids. fluids. Yeah. And, like, uh, so, like, you've got snot coming out of your tear ducts and, oh, like, oh. your ears all clog up and, like... So, yeah. like, when you have a really bad cold and, like, you sneeze and, like, snot comes flying out your nose, it's like that, but, like, someone turned on a snot faucet. Yeah, and, oh, it, just, it, and it just keeps coming. I mean, it, it, I have no idea how the human body Need does that. Need a decongestant for this. <laughs> <laughs> that is too much. Yeah. But an hour later, I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> Zyrtec ain't got nothing <laughs> on CS gas. <laughs> So we get into the car and then like, you know, I zip and zop across a couple of streets, but they had blocked off the whole damn neighborhood. Um, So, um, oh, I forgot the best part. So let me back up just for one second. So uh, as they are coming down the street... Before they shoot the gas at uh, the gas can at me, there is a ghetto bird up above us. You know that means helicopter. <laughs> for those of you that aren't familiar, it's the ghetto. For those bird. who didn't listen to Ice Cube growing up, <laughs> the With, ghetto bird is the police they, helicopter. But they've got, but they've got the the spotlight on us and all of that stuff. And I'm just, you know, I've got a middle finger up to them, you know, because I'm drunk. I'm having a good time, you know. It's always a party when the cops show I'm up. I'm drunk. I'm having a good time. I'm playing trance. <laughs> So, Clarification, this wasn't like three weeks ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was 2001, so about 17 years ago. But um, so, yeah, uh, so flash back forward and we're getting out of the neighborhood and uh, then hit one of those barricades. And uh, the cops are all like, OK, who are you? Where are you coming from? Blah, blah, blah. You know, give I mean, I've got shit all over my face. And <laughs> I'm like, look like you've been bombed. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I look. I, we're, we're going to Bible study. <laughs> you guys know what's up, what's up no, with all these helicopters? I said, yeah. look, I'm going to level with you. I, I came up here to DJ. I didn't plan on getting in the middle of any of this shit. Like I, I had nothing to do with any riots or anything like that. And he was he was pretty cool. He ended up letting us go. So me and this kid Turtle, uh, we stop at a gas station, kind of get ourselves cleaned up, get something to drink, <laughs> and then head Some back combos. home. Combos, yeah, right. <laughs> pizzeria pretzel. Right. Right. So then uh, we head back to Cincinnati, and the next the next morning, my wife at the time wakes up, comes into the bedroom, and wakes me up with. What the fuck did you do last night? Mm. I was like, I just went and DJed a party. Yeah, I was like, I was just DJing in 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 Columbus. Why? What's she's like? You were on the news, <laughs> flipping off a camera. So apparently, it wasn't a ghetto bird. That was a news that was, cop. That was Fox Five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a, that's a pretty good story. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've got a few. Yeah. I've DJed and I've experienced tear gas, but not in the same night. Right. Yeah, I like to keep those two worlds separate. Yeah. Right. Good God, man. Good God. That's a hell of a story, man. Uh, if I've, got, I've got a couple. We've got a voicemail submission from our friend DJ Serato, and I titled this one Something Borrowed.
Yo, what's up? DJ Serato here. Wanted to share my favorite worst <laughs> thing that happened to me at a wedding, actually. There's a lot of stuff involved. Usually the weddings I do, they're pretty big and involved. There's a lot of shit going on. Anyways, in this one, in this event, um, one of my cousins turned me on to one of his friends who I kind of knew. He was getting married. He hired me. Boom. Anyways, I set up. I have an assistant with me. And then I go into um, the room where all the, the, the groomsmen and the groom, and they're changing out. They're getting fresh for their introductions, their grand introductions. And I go and I change into my suit. And I'm just like, dang, dude, it's like crazy. I've been setting up for like three hours. I'm all exhausted already. And I haven't even started DJing. So I look at my cousin. He's hitting an e-cigarette. And I'm like, yeah, let me have a hit of that, man. Because I used to smoke. But, man, I could really use a drag right now. He's like, are you sure, bro? I'm like... Yeah, I'm sure, bro. I just fucking smoke a pack a day, motherfucker. And I took it. And they took a big ass hit. Dude, I knew immediately that was not tobacco. <laughs> that was straight up some crazy ass chronic. And not like the shit I used to smoke when I was a long time ago. <laughs> this was like some hoppy. This stuff tastes like pine. It tasted like 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 deliciousness. But I was like, oh my god. Dude, and I never get high, so I was just like faded. <laughs> so I went out there, and each person who's gonna get introduced, you know, I'm out there trying to line them up in order so they can get, you know, do the grand introductions in the in the order that I'm gonna announce them. But like, there's like six couples, and every couple has their own song, and I'm like, oh shit, and I'm doing it, and I'm actually like thinking I'm gonna screw up, I'm all paranoid, I'm tripping. Anyway, man, I ended up doing it. Without a hitch, man. I guess once I started getting in the zone, I just took a few deep breaths, calmed down, got my head right. They even came at me at the last minute, like at the last second, like, hey, we need you to do an announcement for this person with this song on the next introduction while I'm like talking on the microphone. Man, I fucking nailed that too. So um, anyway, man, I just want to share. Um, hope you guys take care. All right, love. Peace. Thank you. <laughs> what was the name of the issue with smoking? Send me an email. <laughs> 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 Man, uh, uh, that guy, Serato uh, uh, is one of our uh, one of our ambassadors, and I mean, just in talking with him, like he's got so many stories, yeah. so many great stories. Yeah, he he sent an email that was like paragraphs long, so I had to pick out. He sent a couple of his voice messages, but he's got a whole bunch of mini stories. Yeah. I, I, vote, just like, I vote Dude. for the voice messages. That yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, he's, he's been through some stuff, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, according to what he wrote, wrote in that email, I was like, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring another one in from him uh, here later in the show. Uh, we also have one from our friend DJ Brains. This yes, is another, another one of our ambassadors. Yes, sir. This is a, another voicemail submission, and these are bad gig mini moments. Mini moments. Mini moments. Hey, DJ Brains here. Worst gig ever. I couldn't think of one specific one, but what came to mind were like various little things that uh, have popped up at different uh, events that just make you kind of go, ugh, really? One of the things uh, that came to my mind, I've seen this a couple times where they say, hey, can you replay that song? Because I missed it the first time. Or I had to... Uh, teenager come up to me and say we can't dance to this when we're playing dance music i'm not sure what the what kind of dance they wanted maybe they wanted the 20th line dance of the night or something or here here's one here's my phone with the list of songs they're all clean 
And when I look at him, I was like, well, that one has cuss words in it, so they're not all clean. And my favorite one. We're waiting for the next hit. All those things make you just sigh. <laughs> but anyways, that's all I got. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Thanks. Hey, what do you work for, Billboard? You better get out there and <laughs> right. get a martini and shake yeah. your butt. I was going to say, like, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard that. Like, yeah, waiting for, I'm waiting for the next hit. Well, it might, I guess, de- de- depend on uh, what kind of gigs you take. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, do you run into okay. that in the, the mobile space Yeah, yeah. At all? Brains is a mobile cat. Yeah. Oh, does, okay. He, he does right. some... Uh, He's he's got some like resident stuff that he does. I think for a trivia night, okay, or something. Yeah, now, it, now it makes perfect sense. I'm yeah. glad you right, said that. Right, yeah, but I can empathize with the one where he's talking about where someone comes up, hey, can you play this song? So rewind back to my New Year's Eve gig where I'm doing that big breast cancer right, fundraiser. Right, right. This little girl, she couldn't have been more than 12 years old, and she's like taps me on the shoulder, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, what, you know what, you, what you know what, what what's going on? She's like, well, can you play a song? We're like, yeah, what do you want? She's like, can you play Bodak Yellow? I was gonna skip. <laughs> and I have this big ass smile on my face. And I'm like, no, little blonde girl, I'm not playing Bodak Yellow at a breast cancer fundraiser. This is how Uncle Mo loses his job. Yeah, this is how I lose credibility. No, not happening. Uh uh-uh. uh. Trick no good. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I kind of related to uh, his approach there, though, because I, I don't think that, like, I don't have any one big major epic story that compares to, like, the story you told a minute ago. Sure. So, yeah, me either. Me but, either. Uh, I, yeah, I've had some rough, like, I, I have bad luck with Cincinnati, that, you know, since we, it seems like there's a theme tonight. Preach on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> No. And I, we, I got, mean, we have love for the five one three. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'll defend like, it as necessary, but <laughs> I'm not an overprotective parent. Right. If Cincinnati deserved to get his ass kicked, then I'll let it happen. <laughs> Amen to but, that. But you, you know, know I've, I've got. I will rep the city. I've got two or three, you know, unrelated anecdotes as far as I can tell. So yeah, I, yeah. you know, I can't blame any person or group or anything like that. I just, I'm not as well integrated in Cincinnati as I am in, in Columbus or especially Dayton. I yeah, just, yeah. I've never been really well known there. I'm the same way with Cleveland. Mm. Like I love Cleveland. I used to love playing there, especially like when the flats was the place. Yeah, to I be. do remember, remember that. that. Yes, I do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and even like when Metropolis was really like yeah. hopping and 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 very friendly to dance music and Peabody's and Europa and like all that stuff. Like I mean, that, those were the days. Mm. Used to love going to Cleveland, but I'm telling you, whether I was playing or not, something always happened. Like something <laughs> always happened. Like. Yeah, there are some stories that I just can't tell, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> statute of limitations isn't up. Yeah, yeah, it, or or you know, uh, even if I change the name to protect the guilty, like it's still gonna make me look bad yeah. somehow. Yeah. Like, but. I just have one question about those stories: Were you playing trance? <laughs> <laughs> Not always. All right. no. <laughs> well, see, and the issue I have with with Cincinnati, like it, I have this recurring problem where I just don't get to play. And like oh. it, that, there was that like, happens to a lot of us. There's yeah. like three or four times in a row where that happened, and I was like, I guess I'm just destined not to play in Cincinnati. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's been actual venue gigs. It's been after party, especially after parties. Right, right. Um, you know, I had one where I <laughs> was driving down. There was some like headliner act. It was a breaks act, and then um, we went to that whatever that after hours spot was. That was like just a big old like three story house, kind of rundown. 
So it, it caught on fire. Oh, oh, well, yeah, that wasn't me. Uh, yeah. Never mind. I'm gonna stop talking. I'm stop telling this story. You'll burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> but uh, no, I was supposed to play an afters there at like. They actually did need some water because the motherfucker did burn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still stuck on it. That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna backpedal on this story real quick. No, I you just I, I was supposed to play an afters there. It was like three or four in the morning, yeah. and like I showed up, and I've told the story on the show before, but sure. not for bad gigs, and yeah. just nothing was hooked up. Right. And mm. by the time I got there, everybody was wasted, right. and so I couldn't get anybody to help me. I'm like, I I need like speaker cables and <laughs> shit, and they're just like, uh, and finally uh, it gets to be like four thirty, almost five in the morning, and I just I'm like, guys, I'm just <laughs> right, I'm right. bouncing. I I don't know what's going on here. And then um, on the way home, I had to do a sobriety test, even though I hadn't been drinking or smoking anything. Thanks for coming out. But I just got to, yeah. Welcome to Cincinnati. Yeah. Look like a jackass on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not drunk. I'm lost. Yeah. You look like a DJ. Yeah. Are you playing trance? Yeah. Let me inconvenience you yeah. a moment. You look like a trance DJ. <laughs> Were you at a party up on a hill? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the only really bad gig was one where it was an issue, I think, of communication and expectation management that didn't occur. Mm-hmm. Where the guy, the guy, one of the guys that was DJing, like, "Hey, we're doing this pajama jammy jam." So I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, cool, I'm down with that." So to me, that's like '90s hip hop, you know, kid and play, whatever that sort right, of stuff. Right. So I get there and I'm setting up, and it's me and two other guys that decide to help the one guy that actually approached us initially. So we get there and like I'm playing what I'm think I'm supposed to be playing, you know, kid and play. You know, Kwame, all that uh, Daisy Age stuff, you right, know, three right. times dope. And, and like one of the dudes who was, I guess, the host of the party came up to me. He's like, what the fuck are you playing? <laughs> I'm like, music? I thought he was joking at first. Yeah, yeah. But then he started coming at me. He's like, you know, you know you're supposed to be playing, you know, East Coast hip hop, blah, blah. I'm like, dude. I take off my headphones. So, you know, it's about to go down, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I got my headphones around my neck. I'm like. You know, so-and-so told me that this is the show we're playing. This is what I have set up. These are how my crates are. Well, don't you have any? I was like, look, dude, that's not how it works. So then I, I look at my other dude. I was like, look, I got to go outside. So I, so I tagged off, you know, to my homeboy, and he took over, and I grabbed the guy that actually hired us for the gig. I was like, we need to talk. I was like, first of all, if this dude comes at me one more time, it's not going to, you know, and I'm still in the military at the time, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, making decisions based on what my career can handle in the event <laughs> in the event that this gets back to my commander or something right, right. so how many article 15s can i yeah. now, now that now that's tactical af right <laughs> so i'm like i don't know what the fuck your boy's problem is but if he comes at me like that it's not it's, it's not going to be cool right. i was like you told me this is what this show is he's coming at me i was like what are we supposed to be doing i was like because i'm not having him go and come at me like that again right he's like no just chill out just chill out. he's cool He's just drunk, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck if he's drunk. That wasn't cool. Right. So then, you know, I get things straightened out and situated. You know, so then I, I get some time to regroup. You know, my, my boy that replaced me, he's playing. And then the guy that hired us, he's playing. So then now I kind of got a vibe. So now I'm digging into my bad boy shit. You know, all that East Coast biggie, you know, just the heavy hitters and stuff like that. So then when I come, it's my turn to come back on. I start hitting him with all that shit. And then next thing you know, the dude's like my best friend that came at me earlier. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And, oh. at him. and you know, I mean, if that's in terms of the worst gig I've ever had, I mean, I think I've had a pretty successful career. But, dude. Some conditional DJ love there. Though. Oh, yeah. That was 
That was such horse shit. That's insane, man. Yeah. That sounds insane. He turned into Thugnificent on you. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real mad. Yeah. But that's just like, like I said at the beginning, the expectation management piece. So, I mean, I think had I probably asked more questions, but I didn't think to. Right. You know, so I'm sure there's other DJs out there that have come across those things where like, you know, you like uh, David, I know you had the inc- incident where you were going to play, uh, you wound up playing at a hip hop club, but weren't really ready to play hip hop. Yeah. And then the people there got pissed off when you weren't playing hip hop, but you were booked to play uh, what? house music. House music. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Hammerjacks. <laughs> yeah. Back in the Hammerjacks days. But yeah, it was a big hip hop club. And, you know, I, and I was very straight up. I was like, look, this is the kind of stuff that I play. If that's not what you're looking for, you know, throw me up on the third floor or whatever you got to do. And they were like, no, it's fine. It's only from like nine to 1030 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, okay, cool. Well, that was the one day that, like, you know, the bachelorette party showed up early and oh. <laughs> all that kind of, you know, it just happened that there was an early crowd. Play some like, ratchet uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, was I like, thought I don't this really... was the block party. I, yeah, I had, I had to dig out my, like, couple of, like, hip-hop hip, remixes. Hip house tracks. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, like, oh, this one has Missy Ellie in it. Maybe this will let me get by. But, right, right. Yeah, that was, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they're like, can you play something that's blah, blah, blah? And when you don't have it, because you're not like the- You're not prepared I'm for not it. typically the request-taking DJ, that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, suddenly, like, whether I'm in the right or the wrong there, I suddenly feel like, oh, I'm, I'm failing right yeah, now, right, you know? Right. If I'm failing my audience of, you know, early bachelor bachelorettes. Yeah. So. You know, there's, there's, there, there's some common themes across- multiple bad gigs especially if you've been doing it for a long time and i got i've got one gripe the the ones where you don't get paid i was gonna say <laughs> nobody has brought up the money yet i was like am i gonna have to be the dude that brings up the money <laughs> speaking of not getting paid thanks for the intro yep. <laughs> i've been trying to figure out how to tell this redacted ass story for a long time <laughs> i don't think i've gotten it so i'm gonna have to omit massive details from it basically i was uh I was invited to host the event as an MC and to DJ as well and to DJ drum and bass. So I was very happy about this initial offer, which turned out to be a, a nightmare. And um, it had all of the things that a bad gig movie has. It has the promoter <laughs> all who the telltale is, signs. Right, yeah, right. It has the promoter who is very like type A running around disappearing for hours like an hour at a time. Um, it has DJs not getting their envelopes before they before they play. Yeah. Uh, it has the uh, the promoter at the door constantly and texting people 24/7 during the event and missing cables. So anyway, it has everything that you know is going to be kind of a strange show. I'd walk uh, out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I have this thing where my name's on the flyer, right? Yeah, so, right. so it's the integrity thing, even though I realize now that upon arrival, this may be a disaster zone. Right. Like, it has the potential to be really right. shaky, but whatever. I do my thing, and uh, I talk to the promoter. I'm like, all right, um, because this is a multiple-room venue, Right. I'm like, you want me to be on the main stage, right? He's like, oh, so I was thinking you could get the main stage and then come up here. I said, oh, so you want me to the whole thing, like just kind of bounce back and forth. Mm. So I'm like, all right, let me check the mic situation. There are no mics. Oh, no. <laughs> there are no mics. Speak up. Yeah. <laughs> so fortunately for me, I bring mics when I'm, if, if you're paying me to MC, I'm bringing at least one mic. Right. 
Um, nowadays, I bring one wired and one wireless. Just because I never know what they're going to have. Plus, I know how my mic sound and how I sound on them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I put the wireless microphone on the main stage. And then I put the wired mic on this other non-main stage. So I can effectively be doing both. Okay. You know, I've got the wireless in my pocket. And if I stay on the wired mic for the most of the night, um, you know, I can kind of throw my voice down there to the main room. So there that was go. fine. So yeah. that was fine. Um, I argue with the sound man over trying to get the vocals checked because he kept turning me down saying that I was too loud. And I said, well, I can't hear myself and they can't hear me. So I'm not too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you tell me I'm too loud. So as I'm doing that, this promoter who has been, you know, gone for about 20, 30 minutes, he comes back. He's like, man, look, I got to cancel your slot because I got this other guy who's going to DJ and I got to cancel your slot. That's not what he sounds like. But, <laughs> but, but he, he uh, you know, so now I'm not DJing. So the, the candy is not as sweet as it was when I initially right, got right, the offer. Right, right. Right. So I'm going to fast forward to the end of the night where the disaster is most people have survived. You know, and right, uh, right. a lot of people left uh, with the promise of pay, but I was determined not to do that. <laughs> I was determined I was walking out with something. You know, I took my DJ slot. So I cornered this, uh, this promoter. I get him at the door with the money because I'm like, that's where he's going to be anyway. Right. And he's counting it down, telling me he's got to do this and that and this and that. And then I basically leave with what I call insult money. Mm. Now, insult mm. money, if you know what that is, that's like when you drive two hours to a show and they give you $15. Like, that's not even going right. to buy you gas. Right. It's yeah. not worth it. When it's it. less so, than gas money, yeah, it's insult yeah. money. And I got yeah. $15 from this dude. And, um, yeah. He deserved hit. <laughs> <laughs> deserved it. Yeah, and, and a bunch of sob stories about how, you know, people didn't show up like, you yep. know, they were supposed to. And, and I've always thought, you know, promoters who... When you throw a show, you have to have the money to throw the show. Completely right. at yeah. a loss. Like, one one would think. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. The days of counting on your door to pay for your party, they're not they're not they're, stable. They're not safe. Right. They're not smart. People are kind of whimsical. You know, people like to hit multiple events. There's no guarantee they're all coming to yours. Right. Right. And you know, as as a as a former promoter. You know, the only time that I ever did that, uh, you'll you'll you remember the boat parties. Oh yeah, I remember the boat parties. And, and and if you remember when Jason and I would reach out to book people for the boat parties, we mm -hmm. always, you know, had a gentleman's agreement and said, you know, we're asking you to do this for free. Right. But if we make money, then we're gonna right. then we're gonna compensate right. you. And those and yeah. those arrangements I've always felt they're fine. Right. You'd be up for it, right. you know, up front forthcoming with your financial capacity right. right that gives right. you an you option know, to opt in or out right. before right, right. exactly yeah. but, exactly but for like full-scale events no there's all like for every in the groove event there were envelopes and there was yeah. money in those envelopes and when you got there if you didn't get it as soon as you got there then you got it when you got off the stage you didn't nobody left I, I won't say nobody because in some of our earlier days, we didn't always do that. You know, back in the days where we all thought we could count on the door. Yeah. But, you know, once we, we got burned a couple of times doing that, but, um, you know, it was a lesson that we learned and it was something that we ended up adopting. But yeah, and like that, that and whole pay thing, man. That's, and, that, and it's funny because that happens on every scale of the industry from like local promoters to national company promoters to live nation. I don't know if you, if you can cut that out if you need to cut out live nation or not, but I've even had issues with them really? on like being slow pay or just, you know, the promoter or whoever 
contacted you for the Live Nation show will give you one offer, and then at the end of the night, the person you see with the ability to write the check or give you your financials is like, uh, that's not what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I thought you guys were super big, you know? How right, you know? right. How do, how are you running such a yeah. fucked up organization? Right. It, yeah. Short arms and deep pockets. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably had shows on, you know, compensation in the industry and things like that. Where, sure. Yeah, we've touched on that here and there. Yeah. 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 All right, we got to take a uh, voicemail from Jess Webb, but before we do, I want to take a moment to thank this week's sponsor for the Passionate DJ Podcast. Uh, Will, do you have a website? I do. Uh, you can uh, check me out online at www.firecap451.com. Cool. And do you? So you said that you dabble in production. Are you selling any music? Have you gone down? I'm getting no. See, I got I got like three projects uh, that are culminating in the in the in the uh in the lab and they're just okay well keep this in mind because uh, it's coming it'll be 2018 i just need elon musk to answer my damn phone call (laughs) (laughs) so i can finish these tracks (laughs) all right well uh, keep that in mind because uh, we have a great sponsor called bandzoogle now they make it easy to build stunning new websites in minutes you can choose from hundreds of mobile friendly themes and i gotta tell you guys just real quick on this mobile friendly thing like we keep hearing how important that is it for is the web. important yeah. but like i've i started passionate dj at the perfect time to see this happen in real time to where our primary traffic went from desktop primarily to mobile almost really and it and it wasn't overnight but it was i mean i you, you could just see watched the shift the, yeah. you could watch the meters going and wow. so we are now primarily visited by a mobile audience and i, I assume that's pretty universal so hmm. all their themes are uh, mobile friendly right off the bat and you can customize your design and your content in a few clicks. They have several great built-in features. They got stuff like uh, tools to sell your music and merch uh, with no commission. They have yep. uh, tools to build your mailing list um, and send newsletters. They integrate and pull in content from all your online services that you already use, like Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. And they provide live support seven days a week. So... Um, we're excited to be teaming up with them because they will actually offer you a 15% discount off their already low prices. So all you have to do is use the link in the show notes or go to bandzoogle.com. That's B-A-N-D-Z-O-O-G-L-E.com and use the coupon code PASSION. Bandzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. All right, we got this voicemail from Jess Webb, and I called this one Bullseye. Hey guys, this is Jess Webb with Sights and Sounds on the West Coast. Uh, most of my work now is black tie and corporate events, and I was doing a nonprofit auction about four or five years ago, and this elderly lady uh, passed out on the dance floor after the auction. And when they uh, called 911 and the ambulance and the fire department came, there were already a bunch of doctors at the event, and so they were trying to take care of her, and she was happy to get out of there, I think, in the ambulance. She was embarrassed, she was drunk. So the party's over at this point. The lights have come on. Nobody really wants to do anything else because there was a lot of anxiety from most of the people in the crowd. So I started wrapping my cords to get out of there as fast as I could. I wanted to check on my staff. And I was rolling up 100-foot cords, power cords, and XLR cords, and speak-ons on those spools that you can get at uh, the, the home improvement stores. 
And uh, at the last minute, the end of a power cord I had came around and hit me right between the legs and dropped me to the floor in front of all these doctors. And they kept running over to me because they were still amped up from the incident. And they kept asking me, are you okay? Does your chest hurt? What happened? Did you fall off the stage? And I didn't want to tell them. And they kept badgering me and taking my pulse and making sure I was breathing okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? So finally I told them as in pain I said look man I just hit myself in the balls with a power cord I'm gonna be fine they got a good laugh out of that I got a good laugh out of that and we still talk about it to this day <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty rough way to wrap up a gig yeah right oh man have any of you guys ever been injured on a gig I don't think I have or in I've, any in any way that debilitated me anyway yeah I've cut myself a few times like a few times well, I mean, like putting up my mic stand or sorry, my speaker stands and oh, all that yeah. stuff, you know, just like small cuts, but nothing like getting hit in the junk with a power cord. <laughs> no, you know? not like that. I have been emotionally. <laughs> That's fair. Emotionally damp. Was it was it trance music? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, believe it or not. That's the remedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was emotionally damaged, which is the lead into my second um, bad gig story. Okay. So I got a gig that I think anybody who was in my position would have would have wanted to have, uh, where I got to play in Indianapolis on the same stage James Brown played on at the Vogue Theater. Oh, wow, nice. Oh, nice! Opening for uh, Diesel Boy. Ooh. Oh, even right, nicer. yeah. And they had somebody else, I believe, there before me. So it wasn't like cold. The room was warm, and it was highly anticipated. And the stage was done so well and so proper. Yeah, and. Um, they had, you know, the giant black tables and everything. And then they had my table, which was out in front of theirs. But I still got to use his light rig and the sound rig, albeit oh, turned down yeah. a bit, you know. Sure, sure. So it was this, a really good gig. Uh, the photos from it were amazing. So, emotionally, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, a bunch of little weird things. Like, my table didn't have risers. And if you've DJed for any length oh, of time, you yeah. know that those yeah, little but- table risers, you know, they're only four four to six inches it make a huge difference yeah. not only was i like not really looking at my crowd because i'm hunched over the table i'm literally hunched over the table so the posture is all kind of crazy right, yeah. right and from my first track and this is where i started going sideways i never ever 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 get stage fright i just don't i don't know why i just don't i i haven't ever that i can remember but i load the first track and i for this, for some reason, I don't know. I can't figure out what to play next. Oh. Now I had made what I call a crate. Okay, so I don't put my sets together. What I do is, let's say I'm playing for it ninety minutes. That crate contains two hours worth yeah. of yeah. music. Right. So, but it's still focused. So yeah, it's same. you know it's not you know two hours worth of everything. It's focused on what I believe uh, I'm feeling at the moment and what I think the crowd's gonna feel. Yeah. So I got this crate. And I'm looking at this crate. I know every track in this crate, like the back of my hand. I can't figure out. And this goes on for like three songs where I'm like, I just cannot read the room. And they were just, and in this room also, there was a, a couple of DJs and producers standing right up front. Mm. And then, uh, oh. normally that doesn't bother me. Right, I'm like, right. I'm about to play for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're and that man. One dude crossed his arms and I started just. Oh. I got on that mental slide. I was like, "Oh, you gave me. Oh, that's a C or a D. What is?" <laughs> and then, and, and the next thing I know, I'm mixing. Uh, you know, and I I want to stay well clear of Diesel Boys. 
flight zone. Yeah. Sure. So I, I can come hard, but not too too hard. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So I'm trying. I'm looking at the clock, and it's it's moving funny. First it was slow, and then I realized I only had. 20 minutes left and I got to amp it up still. Right. So it was just every little cascade failure in my head. Right. But fortunately the salvation came, I'd say the last 10 minutes, I found a groove and I just stuck with it. Right. So by the time, you know, he came on and was literally right behind me, I was back to, and I fixed the problem with the, with the table. I just kind of bent down on my knees. Like I was in a, a, a karate uh, stance. Yeah. Like a karate. <laughs> and I was just, Doing all of this crazy stuff right here, you know. You guys on the radio you just you look like you were really into right. it, right? Yeah, yeah, I look like I was, yeah, like the kung fu stance. And so I saved it at the first, you know, at the last ten minutes. But the first uh, fifty minutes of this set, which I was in my own head, and it was just, I was, it was almost impossible to get yeah, out. Yeah, that's oh. rough, man. No yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Oh, and it wasn't, and and you know what? I I heard good feedback about my set, but. Anybody who's a DJ or producer, they would have heard the little things. Yeah, mm, you know, sure. like you come in with a song that's too hot, or the tempo is off just a touch, and by the time you're correcting it, it's now noticeable. Yeah, right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like that's yeah. always worse for you, though, or for the at least in the my artist. experience. You're right, for, it, for, right for, yeah. the, for, for the like performer. if I record that and I listen to it back, I'm like, oh, I, oh I that pray. wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. I, and I love the guys at Indie Mojo. Big ups to them. I hope they Absolutely. do not have recordings; just really good memories of that show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Technically, technically, I probably would have got a D on that show, and I still remember it to this day. I think the show was like two or three years ago. Man, um, you know, but. I saved the last ten minutes. There you go. Yeah, th those 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 are rough. When when you are inside your own head, you become your own worst critic, and yeah. like and and then every little criticism that you make on yourself, and then when you're trying to read people and all of that stuff, like. It, as much as I love like smaller gigs, like, yeah. you know, when you're talking like 30, 50, maybe a hundred people. Yeah. And, and those are always fun in their own right. Right. And, and especially drum and bass heads. I mean, you and I, we, we yeah, both, yeah, we yeah, both yeah, know yeah. what we're talking about <laughs> when we get, when we talk about like these, these small core groups of heads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes, but yeah, like, if they're not dancing, that's not necessarily a, a bad, bad thing. That's right. It's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. But when they cross arms or, yeah. when, or when... You got to read the body language. Yeah. Or like if they're like leaning up against a wall or something or like... Or they're just not even paying attention they turn, to you anymore. They turn away. Right, yeah. They're like having separate conversations. That's when I start to get real self-conscious because, hey, I'm bringing some heat. Like, I'm mixing up some, like, modern-ish, tech-steppy. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm bringing some dark, whoopy, like, just, you know, and some growling stuff. Like, come on. Like, I'm I'm trying to poke you with a sharp stick here. And, <laughs> you, like, and you don't want to cooperate? And, yeah. And you're, you're not yeah, giving me yeah, nothing? Yeah. Then I start to get real self-conscious. Yeah. I did that, too. I did that, too. Because I'm like, I know this crate is gold. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know that these tracks are fine. Yeah. Do I need to deliver? Do you need long mixes? Do I need to just get in and out of this? Yeah. You know, yeah. do you people have a, a short attention? I couldn't figure out for the longest time. Yeah. And and so I think sometimes bad gigs are they're they're emotional. I think sometimes, um, and it doesn't happen to me that. In fact, it's rarely ever happened to me where I get inside my own head for that long. Yeah. You yeah. know, fifty minutes. A yeah, tricky, yeah. A tricky yeah. crowd can make you kind of you know wonder how far you can lead them back and forth. Yeah. But even that, usually, I can recover from pretty quickly. Sure. You know and, what I mean. And some bad gigs are just. It's almost like they were just meant to happen. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's yep. not always that, like, you have a terrible promoter or right. your crowd is awful or whatever. It's just for some reason, the crowd wasn't picking up what you were putting down yeah, or, right. or whatever. And, and, and those are the real 
the, the bad gigs that kind of stick with you kind of subconsciously. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even like freak accidents, right? Yeah. Like, so like, here's one uh, skate park, right? Like, uh, this big skate park and this big party. Like, they had, you know, some decent headliners for the time. And, and uh, Jason and I were booked to play a tag team set. And uh, everything was all set up. We show up. There's kids all over the place. There's kids skating, you know, and. and Sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it, this dope. was a really dope party. Well, Jason and I go up, and the monitor is turned up way too, way too, or it's actually when we got up there, it was way too low. So mm-hmm. both Jason and I are half deaf, but we're also both left-handed, left-eared. So you know, we're we're looking for this um, uh, monitor on the left side. We're signaling to the sound guy turn this one up. So he turns it up a little bit, and you know, but he's being real. It's being real, real like, stingy wimpy, with the volume. Yeah, yeah. Real stingy, real wimpy with it. So like, Jason goes ahead and gets the first couple records out. So then I go up and I'm like, "Come on, you know," and I'm signaling, you know, thumbs up. Like I'm trying to shove it up his ass, right? Like, <laughs> and uh, finally, I think he got sick of us keep asking for you know the volume to be turned up because then all of a sudden, I don't even know what happened. I'm on the floor, and I can't hear anything out of my left ear. And I'm convinced to this day that that was one of the gigs that, like, if you have to, like, identify a gig that probably did some permanent damage and contributed to tinnitus, mm-hmm. that, that was, was one it. of them. Yeah. I hit you with that Megatron on the volume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, it just, it, it hit so hard. You turned it to 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, like, uh, like, I don't even remember hitting the floor, mm. but, Damn. like, it pierced you know, so loud in my, in my ear that I lost equilibrium. I fell on the ground and it was ringing for, for like days afterward. And, um, yeah. So like, you know, just freak stuff like that. Like, yeah. I mean, when you talk about like physical (laughs) issues, you know, from a gig, yeah, that, I've, yeah, fortunately, knock on wood, I've never had anything like that happen. Yeah. That will always stick with me. Oh God. That was awesome. Now the after parties be different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but this is not the after party show right. uh, we have an email submission from herbert holler he said it's about a quarter after one in the morning i'm djing this album release party the air conditioning is busted so i'm sweating all over myself dripping on everything i'm wearing a triple xl t-shirt down to my knees that reads ghetto revival the smell of weed smoke and perfume and sweat is stifling i'm nervous as hell shaking a little bit I look out and all I see are Yankees baseball caps, sunglasses, and angry faces. If I fuck up, I could get something thrown at me. I gotta switch the song. A glass half full of ice, cranberry, and vodka just spilled all over my sneakers. Mm. The seventh person in five minutes just came up and asked me to play the CD they've handed to me. The promoter is telling me to play new shit. I gotta switch the song. New shit. (laughs) The guy opened for me is no way. The opening guy is bleeding all over my records. What the What? There's blood on my wrist. Turns out the glass that spilled all over my sneakers fell into his bag, broke, and he reached in there unknowingly. Oh. I try spotting a busboy for some vodka, remembering that vodka sterilizes things. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) You want to add a correction in there? (laughs) One walks by, but he doesn't speak English very well. I got to switch the song. I text the promoter, help. The crowd isn't moving enough. I gotta switch the song. I gotta get this blood off of me. I need some vodka. I text the promoter, please help again. Maybe I can get some water. I gotta switch the song. 
A friend is standing next to me, so I ask him to get me a busboy. He responds, but I can't understand him. He's completely wasted. He's trying to get an idea out, but everything comes out like a moan. I hope I don't get hepatitis. <laughs> How long does it take for bloodborne viruses to die upon exposure to air? I got to switch the song. <laughs> oh, man, this poor dude. What a great writer, though. Right? Another person comes up with a CD. I get a text from my wife. How is it? I'm trying to find the right word to say. I start writing busy, but then that may sound rude, and I can't sound rude because she'll give it to me when I get home. So I hold off. Got to switch the song. There's something wrong with the sound system. It sounds like crap. My t-shirt is sticking to my back. My stomach is starting to hurt. A bouncer brings my friend in by the neck and asks if I know him. Yes, he's my friend. I got to switch the song. Oh, man. A busboy resurfaces. Agua, I yell. Agua, por favor. He walks away. I got to switch the song. Somebody's yelling behind me. Two people yelling now. A fight. Shit, hope it's not my friend. The busboy, he's got agua. I find napkins and clean the blood off my arm. I gotta switch the song. And he ends with this. The promoter finally writes back, what's wrong? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vodka doesn't sterilize anything but your memories, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know this. Yeah, everybody knows it's rum. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Get a little sugar in there, boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a pretty sweet. That's 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 well written. I like yeah, it. It is. Yeah, it is. It's like a poem almost. <laughs> well, and, it and was then he so, had to change the song. I was yeah. feeling it because I'm like, you must be playing hip hop. That's gets you about two minutes. Max. Right, two right, yeah. right. You know. <laughs> no, but everybody's had that situation where where you know a fire breaks out, but you're like, fuck, I got I, I got I got to pick the next track. Right. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the- gunshot. Shit. Uh, yeah. Damn. What's my next track? <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll be right there. Yeah. Damn, what was that announcement I had to make? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll this... ask her after this next track. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is a voicemail submission from DJ B Funk. Hey, what's up, guys? It's DJ B Funk here with a uh, bad gig story, which is expectation not meeting reality. A few years back, I was offered the opportunity to open for an artist on the Anjuna Beats uh, label. I'm a huge trans progressive guy, so this was a huge opportunity for me. Uh, so I'm doing my direct support set for this guy. Um, I'm two songs into the set when his manager comes running on stage, and I, he is pissed. He's like, 126 Deep House, bring it down now. And he's pointing straight to the ground like he's a drill sergeant. I'm like, what is, what is going on? This guy's pissed. I thought I was doing what he wanted. So, you know, I bring the music way down. You know, I bring the music so far down, it's slower than what was going on for the guy who was playing before me. You know, but the, the manager's like, this is great. This is exactly what I want. The manager hadn't been there before my set because, you know, most managers show up uh, for direct support. So he didn't realize that the energy was so low for the night that it was just so slow. And so people are in the crowd, they're just kind of, you know, what is going on? This guy started out like, you know, pretty, pretty hard, you know, harder, I, I should say. And now all of a sudden he's just going into this like lounge music, you know. And so we end up doing 30 minutes of this lounge music. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure the manager is like, oh, this is great. This is exactly what I want. Later on, I find out this is not the artist manager. This is a manager sent from the label to just manage this guy for the night. So he doesn't even have a personal connection to the DJ. He's just there, you know, to collect a check and just doesn't even care about the night. And, you know, I, I guess that's just how it goes sometimes. Dick punch for that guy. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. We've had that. We've had that. 
it's just, I mean, like... How are you to know as a DJ that it's not, it's not his manager? Well, you know? right, but yeah. it also comes back to, like, you know, that where we've talked about in the past where it, when when you get booked for something, it's it's important that everybody knows what you were booked for. Yeah. Because if you as a promoter are picking people out... You know, so you know, back in the in the beginning of the, all the old DIY days, like, hey, put fifty DJs on a lineup and we'll figure it out. DJ yeah. buffet, right? <laughs> but nowadays, you like, it, it's not like that anymore. You can't afford to do that, and we haven't been able to do afford to do that for a while. So you have to be very explicit, and, and you have to you have to really be choosy about who you're picking and at what point they are mm. going to play in order to curate what this night and the theme of the night and mm-hmm. the flow of the night and the progression of the night is going to be. And, you know, for people who are traveling with the, with the, with the headliner, like that's not their place. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's, that's the worst part because this is a huge debate, <laughs> you know, within the DJ community, as far as like, um, you know, performing DJs for festivals and shows and stuff like that, where the, the debate is, you know, are you there to prep for the headliner if you're doing direct support? Like, should you bring it as hard as you bring it or do your right. absolute best or mm-hmm. bring out your, your hardest? Or everything? do you play this role? Or do you play the role? Yeah. And 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 w- when we've talked about it in the past, you know, that's like a supply-demand equilibrium, right? Like, you were picked because you should fit that role within the lineup. So you should be able to bring whatever it is that you bring to the table and it fits. Sometimes, you know, reality versus equilibrium is is two totally different things. So sometimes we have to give and take and push and pull a little bit. The promoter plays a role there, takes on some of that responsibility. So for main headlining, you know, lackeys (laughs) to be (laughs) coming and dictate. Yeah, Yeah. to start dictating to direct support what they need to be doing. Especially if the guy didn't really even know, like, right? Well, and, and like, point to him and go, "You knew I was a gunslinger when you brought me in here." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> kind of to your point, Mo. Like when when somebody rolls in as part of the posse yeah. and, and they start dictating, dictating. At least personally, I listen because I assume that they're supposed to be yeah. doing that. And just, right. But just like Firecat said, you know, I don't know who this person is, but my name, you know, is on is on the billing, so I got to right. I got to protect my brand. Right. Right. But then going back to Trip's point, like you know, know who you're hiring and know what their capabilities are and what they're going to play. Like with you, I mean, your trip, trip to entertain and digital psychosis. <laughs> Easy yeah, for you to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto coin <Yeah>. psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> and then like even Jack, where he's got Jackie boy and Mr. Shifter. Right, you know, right. if you just go, hey, I need you to play this show. All right, cool. You be there? Cool, thanks. I'm out. Right. Who am I? Right. Yeah, what, what am I playing? Right. Who are you paying for? Because right. I need yeah. to know. Right. Oh. And and I think a lot of uh, DJs know this, you know, when when they're at kind of headliner level, that they can bring in a posse and and people will just deal with whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, their their yeah. friends do. Oh, like, yeah. and yeah. I'm I'm a less seasoned promoter, and I've seen this a million times. Sure. Where just like they bring their buddy, I'm like, yeah, this is my uh, gig manager or whatever. Right. They give them some title, and then they can just kind of you know have the drink tickets and mm-hmm. and apparently bark out orders at the DJs. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, we have a voicemail submission from our good friend Kilma, hmm. and this one is called CDs and Records and Bears, Oh My. 
So two particular gigs come to mind. Uh, one way, way, way back in the day, I was doing one of my first tours and when I got to the gig, they had two CDJs and two turntables, which was perfect because I played vinyl and CDs. Unfortunately, the CDJs only played audio CDs and I had mostly MP3 burnt CDs. So that limited what I could play. And what I did have on me was, of course, scratched and skipping. Then for the turntables, which I thought, great, at least I have some vinyl with me. For slip mats, they had pieces of paper. So that DJ gig pretty much changed the way I put together my contract to ensure that people had the equipment that I needed. I can't even imagine having to put in your rider that you need slip mats. Slip mats. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I envision like, oh, oh wait, we got this, and they just like take their composition notebook or whatever and like <laughs> rip or a Hold spiral. On, I got you, dog. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I got this. And just slap it on there. It's just like a rectangle on top. In the second gig, it wasn't so much that the gig itself was awful, but that the festival I was at was having some trouble with wildlife. You know, this outdoor festival that we were camping at, there were animals that were getting pushed out of their homes because of the wildfires that were going on. So at one point, I remember leaving and uh, thank goodness we were in a car because we saw a huge bear trying to stand itself up on somebody's car. This guy comes out of his tent because we're honking, honking, trying to warn him that there's a bear there. And I guess he was a bit inebriated because he just basically got out of the tent and said, F your bear, stop honking. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody got hurt. But uh, the following day after I had left, I heard stories that a bear basically ran into... <laughs> Of one of the stages in the forest and of course that DJ's set was over and sent everybody screaming and running that would be pretty scary and um, I'm glad I was gone by then so bears man I haven't worried about while DJing yeah, I can't say I've had an issue with wildlife. That's I mean, I've I've done those like festival camp out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like <clears throat> I can never remember wildlife being a, a, a <laughs> hazard <laughs> of the job. <laughs> like, right. I wish a Apparently bear would try to rush my set. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get up there and start like freestyling him, like screaming at him, like, hey, yo, this bear's a little bitch. Step to my brown papa. <laughs> now, you know who has bum rushed the stage on me before? Cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I support our law enforcement, but when you're on the receiving end of that, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, it, and and part of it for me is like 
They have to understand. They have to know what they're doing. I can't hear shit. All I know is all of a sudden, from the darkness, there's this bright fucking oh, the, light. Yeah, and they're going to yell it, too. So you'll hear it eventually. Uh, right. <laughs> and I mean, it's right in my face to the point where, like, you're blinding me from everything else around. So, like, now not only can I not hear, I can't see. I don't understand what's going on. And then next thing I know, my face is on the floor. Like... <laughs> You're like, oh, what? I just I thought there was some dickhead drunk yeah. raver. What did I do wrong? <laughs> You're playing trance. <laughs> Get on the ground. To be fair, that's happened with every genre I've ever played. <laughs> I know we're giving uh, trance a beaten today. but No, you guys are not. It's all, just me. It yeah, really yeah. is mostly me. We might not survive pick yeah, three. Yeah. We, all, we all love trance, though. I, I, yeah. that, that's how I, I grew up in trance so man yeah i have like, some sasha records i still have my trance records yeah that's a whole nother episode <laughs> so for all of the listeners of the passionate dj podcast if you are offended by my bludgeoning of the genre <laughs> please do not blame it on the uh, people all in here. good fun all in yes good fun. it is strictly me now if you like happy hardcore then we really yeah. don't ah, break, we got, we got nobody's got time for that <laughs> oh break your records <laughs> That'll slow you down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, keeping with the wildlife theme, yeah, I'm going to bring in uh, DJ Serato's other. Oh, oh this guy's uh, gold. Yeah, his other contribution here, and uh, this one's called Wild Dogs. In November 2016, about a year after I started DJing, you know, I got my first homecoming gig. I took one of my sons with me, Ryan. He was. 13 at the time we go i do the gig it's all good they want me to dj over there again for prom I'm like yeah cool we're packing up and my truck was um parked next to a creek and around this school it was out in the desert you know like there wasn't a lot of houses or residential you know homes around there the school is surrounded by desert and it's just dark so we're packing up and my, my son's like hey dad you hear that and i'm like nah man what are you talking about so let's just hurry up. Man, I heard it. It was it was wild dogs and wild coyotes like howling and growling around the school, you know? And I hear like these big boulders, bro. Like they're like falling down <laughs> from the inside the creek. And then the creek's right like next to my truck. And I hear like a snarling sound, like I'm like, whoa no shit! Ryan, get in the fucking truck! Get in the truck right now! And he's like, whoa! And I get in, I slam the door. And then I realized, like, oh, man, a few seconds passed by. My son is nowhere to be seen in the truck. I'm like, oh, shit. So right when I'm about to go out, he comes in and he slams the door. He's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to me, Dad? And I'm like, oh, son. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, we were in there for, like, 15 minutes. I'm over here honking the horn, trying to be loud. I even stuck my head out, like, if I was a big, you know, dominant creature and i get out you know i sack up i just start going out looking all big really man i'm scared as fuck because <laughs> i'm still thinking that thing is still out there it probably ran away when i slammed the door jumping in the truck i probably scared the shit out of it then but anyways man we ended up packing up and ever since then man i just take a big old telescopic uh like battery powered you know floodlight because um i ain't about to have that happen again but uh, that's the night when dad looked like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Golden. The 
year was 2016. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. He's, he's just uh, missing he, the dark and stormy night. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got all of this like log, like Captain's log, star date, <laughs> November 2016. Like, but the best part is like, oh, I'm in great. the truck and my son's not there. <laughs> <laughs> my son's nowhere to be found. He just went ghost on it. Like. DJ Serato went, nope, nope, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You get for uh, DJing in the woods, right? Whoo! Yeah, well, we, yeah. I, I didn't know what Who'd I was have, signing up for when I became a DJ. Yeah, I never thought wildlife would be an <laughs> occupational DJ, bears, a hazard for DJs, bears yeah, and coyotes. Bears and coyotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have one last one from email, but uh, does anybody else have any other stories they want to bring in before we? Uh, I gotta up? save some for for the next one. Yeah, for right. number three. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to not have any material for another one. But. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, our last submission is actually an anonymous one. It comes in via email, and it's uh, they say this is more of a question. What are your thoughts on DJing at a private party at a stranger's home? I had a very bad experience last summer when the party guests got drunk and began harassing me at the end of the night. They stole my tip money, what? called me foul names, and were just being jerks. It was mm. terrifying. Yeah. As a result, I will no longer DJ at a private home where I don't personally know the host yeah. or their guests. That sucks. I think yeah. being isolated at someone's home when you're not in a public area can be scary, and I'm just wondering if you've ever run into a situation like this. I usually don't have those issues because I have a gun. <laughs> hmm. No, just joking. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, for me, I, it, like it's one of the reasons that I don't really play house parties anymore. Like, I mean, you know... It, because I've been to enough house parties where it's like sketch factor 17, yeah. you know, and, you know, it might be a bad area. It might even be a decent area. But as soon as you walk in, then there's a bunch of like really sketchy Shady people. Characters, yeah. yeah. And and like, you know, so once you start like kind of fearing for your safety, you know, it's one thing to kind of be out at a club and in public and things like that. But then once you're like inside of a house that you don't know and you don't know the people and all of that kind of stuff, like... And I'm a little anxious in that kind of regard anyway. Mm. I used to do house parties all the time, but, you know, after you do so many and you see so many things, then, yeah. like, you're like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Now, did he did he say that uh, the hosts weren't there or he didn't know the host? What did he? Being isolated at someone's home where you're not in a public area can be scary. Um, I mean, I've done house parties before, but it's for people I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just calls it a a private party at a stranger's home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doing one just off the cuff, like, hey, like answering a Craigslist ad or something, I'm probably not going to go down that route. Yeah, I've never done that. I have played parties where I I don't know the actual host of the party or the owner of the home or whatever, somebody but there's somebody who's it. like, hey, they, this is where yeah. the afters is. Do you want to bring your shit and let's go? Yeah. That sort of thing. But even those, I I don't tend to enjoy that much. Mm-hmm. I just They always feel either sketchy or it's just socially awkward because I'm just there with my one friend that I know or, or something right. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so what it those experiences have pushed me to do is – not that I've done it lately, but as to th- I'm the one throwing the party. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just throw my sure. own house party and just in, in, invite my wife and homies and, you yeah. know, right, right. We'll, we'll have 25 people here and, and it'll be, you know, awesome. And I won't have to worry about any of them stealing anything or breaking yeah. anything or getting the cops called or anything. 
you know, the other thing is just going to house parties where it's like, I, I know that it's the family, you right, know? So right. it's, if, if you guys or, or Tony or somebody throws an equivalent party to what I'm describing, then yeah. I'll go to that. Yep. You know, yeah. I, I just, I, maybe it's, that's just part of getting older. I think that's kind of how people are anyways, but you know, it's just, I, there's only so much time to go around. And so if you're, you know, it, that's too much of a gamble to, right. you know, Hey, random stranger wants you to come over to our party where there's and probably bring, drugs and alcohol and bring and you don't know anybody worth of equipment and yeah. And yeah. bring yeah. all your stuff yeah. and it'll, and what could go wrong? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think just in response to the person who wrote in, you know, it, it sounds like a bad experience, but it also sounds like maybe you didn't know the people enough to legitimately get involved. Right. Cause yeah. I play, and I was sitting there thinking about this, like right, the negatives, you know, what a house party is at someone's private home. I even did a, a party once for um, a fraternity where they hired me separately. Mm-hmm. So it was cool for a while. And the later it got, the more they wanted to hear hip hop, which I didn't bring with me because they hired Firecat. So right. I brought that. And it's, there was some offhanded comments, but nothing. It was all directed like, at, oh, I don't like this music. Not me personally. But because I had, I knew what I was getting into. You know what I mean? I knew it was going to be at a fraternity. Right. Um, I yeah. knew that I was going to be playing for an extended period of time and I'd already gotten paid. So I didn't feel a threat level, but it sounds like this guy felt a bit of a threat level. I, I yeah. didn't have a tip jar or anything, but right. Right. Yeah. And the, the message starts out, um, what are your thoughts for DJing at a private party at a stranger's home? And then it kind of ends with, I think being isolated at someone's home when you're not in a public area can be scary. And so there's kind of a difference there between you know stranger is explicitly mentioned the first yeah. time yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so this I, may, is very well could have been like a Craigslist ad or something hey yeah. having a house party yeah. it, it has a DJ get an agent th- those experiences haven't uh, turned me off from house parties right in, in general in fact that some of my favorite memories in this whole DJing thing are from house parties we have a topic list of, of potential topics to record and one of them is love of the house party yeah, but, that's, right, but, right. but again that's with people Basement, that, but that garages, exactly mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's with, yeah. So with your boys difference. and yeah, yeah. Make sure it's a known party, or else don't do it. Like like you know, like you guys said, who wants to take a couple thousand dollars to a place you don't know, right? With some people yeah. you don't know, yeah. yeah. And they could be unlimited drunk, you know, falling yeah. into everything. They're not going to repay you. They're going to run out the house and fall into the lawn, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Which goes back to the disaster preparedness episode where we mm-hmm. talk about having your shit insured. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, especially at this stage in the game, you know, I I mean, when I was younger and I got my first set of decks and all that stuff, like, that stuff was in the trunk. Especially if you're a mobile DJ, you you have to have insurance. If you're a mobile DJ and you do not have insurance or you do tons of corporate gigs and stuff like that, don't have insurance. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Bad news bears. Don't do it. Yeah. I have a DJ friend who's an insurance agent, so I'm I'm trying to talk him into coming on and giving some advice. Oh, that'd be, oh, sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how that goes. I don't know if he's down or not. For but. me, when I first started the mobile journey, that was one of the things I didn't think about, like Firecat just mentioned. But also, it's not just as straightforward. Like some people just because my initial assumption was that oh, it's included in my homeowner's insurance, but I'm using oh, it as a business, right? No, oh, yeah. so right. it's not. And uh, and you know, just been blessed that nothing's ever nothing stupid's ever happened. Yeah, I've had one speaker fall over. You know, since I've started this whole, you know. Uh, business of mine and that's that's lucky and i think it's one of those it's always going to be kind of a gray area like okay this was my mixer and i brought it to this person's house but i'm operating as a business but i you know and like there's there's never going to be a clear delineation there and and insurance 
companies love shit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they right. love that gray area. Business. They oh, can yeah. say, uh-uh, no, this doesn't qualify. So yep. uh, it, it gets murky waters, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. I just wanted to remind our audience, uh, once again, we accept voicemail all the time, not just for bad DJ gigs. So, uh, you know, if you got questions, comments, uh, concerns, anything like that, you want to tell us we're awesome, you want to tell us that we suck, you can go to passionatedj.com and click the leave a voice message link. And uh, don't forget to check out Bandzoogle. And this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Hey, wait. Before we sign off, do you mind if we roll out instead of the normal theme music? Let's roll out to uh, Trip Turlington and Firecat 451. Push back. That sounds awesome. Out on Bass Industry Records. Let's do it. And drop the link in the show notes, too. Absolutely. All right. This is Trip and Firecat, and this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Peace. Peace. Later. Easy. Then we do
If life starts pushing, I'm going to push back. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm on a tiny desk concert at the NPR, st- <laughs> NPR studio. That's Every leather. <laughs> so in this other story I would tell. <laughs> Trips in charge of the editing in case I wasn't yeah. clear before. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I give him the eyeball, he knows take, you better take that shit out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just told you shit was redacted, right? I mean, yes. it's got a bunch of black lines all over the story that you're not supposed to. It looks like an Area 51 report. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me just get it out of my system now. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> From where? Um, all right. So it had all the all the all, all the, the telltale signs. Tell did a bad signs, gig yeah. about it. It did. So I I um I do my thing and uh, I talk to the promoter. I'm like, all right.